Matt Stepp, you're back from Jamaica. Did you play the steel drums? Twice. Tap and step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Let's see how this goes this week. I'm the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Hello. You're back. Yes. Let me first give a shout to Ashley Pickle. She did a heck of a job last week on Tep and Step. She She was amazing. She was great filling in because you – because the internet was – was fair to spare at at the uh, at the resort? Is that, is that was in and out? Yeah, yeah. it wasn't great. Uh, and I get it; they probably want you to out and do do yeah. stuff at the resort. They're so pay for you know sixty you know sixty gig you know internet yeah. for for you to sit there and play on Facebook or something like that. Exactly. And yeah, I know it was uh, it was spotty at best, and and we wanted to bring you guys a quality podcast. So yes. instead of of me having terrible internet, we just say hey. Hey pickle, come on in here and show us what you got. And she's way smarter than me, and and she did a hell of a job. So. We did tep and pick instead. So yeah. anyway, this is your week eight, eight preview edition of tep and step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. We love you very much. Um, coming up here in just a little bit, we're going to uh, see uh, how effectively Matt Step avoided and ignored his family by paying attention to high school football (laughs) and see what he thought of week seven. Then we'll have our week eight game draft. But first, Matthew, we will start as we always do with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Let's go. Presented by Country Meats. A special shout out to our sponsor, Country Meats. They can craft delicious, healthier snacks that help groups and teams easily raise money with 12 delicious flavors to choose from. Reach your fundraising goals fast and order yours at countrymeats.com. Use the discount code STEP10, that's S-T-E-P-P-10, to get 10% off your first order. Countrymeats.com, it's the only place to find meats from the country. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Country Meats. Matt Step, your Texas high school football fun fact of the week is a simple one. Which UIL 11-man team has the most improved offense in 2022 versus what they did in 2021? Hmm. How about Fulcher? Fulcher is an excellent guess, and Fulcher is actually fifth on that list. Dang it. They're up 32 points. Uh, this team is up 39 points. Oh, wow. Uh, they are cooking with Crisco, so to speak. I'll give you one more guess, although I will say this. You are in the right part of the state. Ooh. Hmm. Um. <clears throat> this team is now 5-1. and one. Okay. <sighs> Brookshire Royal. Another good guess, although they don't make the top 10, I don't believe. Dang it. Sure. No, they don't. Okay. Um, Damn it. The most improved offense belongs to the mighty... Rams of Houston Waltrip. Ah, okay. Houston Waltrip last year um, uh, had a tough time offensively. Couldn't get couldn't get that offense going. They were averaging uh, a paltry eleven point seven points per game. This year, 
Matthew. They are averaging. Make sure I have the updated stats. They are averaging 50.8 points per game. Good enough to be a 39.1 point improvement over mm. last year. 39 points a game. That's an extra good. five and a half touchdowns. That will win you some football games. That will win you some football games. Mm-hmm. So there you have mm-hmm. it. The Houston Waltrip Rams uh, under third-year coach Jeremy Kurt. Sound about right? Yeah, third or fourth third year. year. Yeah. Um, they're there. cooking. And, you know, look, they're they're five and one. Their one loss is to um, their one loss is to uh, Dayton in non-district. Kind of got kind of got drilled, but Dayton's pretty good. Dayton's pretty good. By the way, so they get they get Sterling this week. That's a good game. And probably depending on what you think of the other team we're about to mention, we'll find out exactly where Waltrip stacks up the next two weeks. They're mm-hmm. Sterling this week and they host Galveston Ball in what could ah. be straight up for this district championship. So and then you want to talk about high powered offense against great defense. Ball yeah. and Waltrip. Anyway, there it is. Your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Thank you, Country Meets. Ball still only giving up seven points for the season. Jeez. They've pitched five straight shutouts. Who do they get this week? Milby. Okay. So there's a good chance they'll be they six straight. Another so. one. Yeah, exactly. All due anyway. respect to Milby. Who's the, fact that they, the fact that they shut out Sterling, who is very clearly a playoff team in that district. Yes, that's, that's is uh, yeah. telling. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, all right, Matthew. Um, you are back from Jamaica, but I, I also know this for a fact because Pickle was yelling at you in our Slack that you – we're paying attention to Texas high school football. I did. I did. So I'll, we'll do the same thing we did with Pickle last week, but uh, but but we'll we'll give it to you. Week seven, mm-hmm. I want three teams that impressed you, and three teams you're worried about coming out of week seven. Uh, three teams that impressed me. I'll go. Um, let's start in six A. Um, Give me Klein Collins. That was a nice win over Tombaugh Memorial on Saturday. Very quietly. 6-0. and 6-0. Oh. and oh, um, Kind of bobbing around at the bottom of the rankings. But yeah, they're they're flying under the radar. Um, they always do. They always seem to fly under the radar, and they're always tough, and they're really good. Klein Collins impressed me. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go Kilgore. How about Kilgore? How about Kilgore? Big win over Lindale. Um, Friday night, jumping back into the state rankings, very impressed uh, with Coach Fuller and the Bulldogs. That was mm-hmm. a like, slow start, but they they they've got it rolling. But their, I mean, their two losses are Carthage and Gilmer. Yeah, seems pretty. You know, those are those are fair losses. Like, yes. that, not, I'm not going to punish them too much for right. for that. And then I'm going to go down to cla- a team that lost, but impressed me in a mm. losing effort. How about Bell's pushing Gunner twenty four to fourteen? That was a you want to talk about a good loss? Yes. I think that's a huge thing because Bells has not been competitive with Gunner mm-hmm. in any of their meetings in recent history. I think the fact that Bells was competitive, I think that gives them a lot of confidence going into the playoffs because now I don't think that fear of Gunner is going to be quite there for them. They, they look at this and go, hey, we played with Gunner. Like we, we made them work. We were right there. A couple of plays here and there. We, we beat Gunner. So I think that gives them a lot of confidence. What does that – let me – Okay. Is the gap? Does that mean to you the gap between Gunner and the field is smaller than you thought it was? Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I think Gunner's still clearly the best team, but I think that uh, when I saw that, I was like, okay, like they're mortal. That they, they are. They they can they can be had. Mm-hmm. Like they they're not this 
invincible. You know, they, they aren't they aren't you know Drago, yeah. uh, from Rocky Four. You know, they're they're they can be had, or maybe they are because he lost. He did. So that's right. Um, those are three teams that impressed me in overall last week. Three teams that worry you coming out of Week Seven. <laughs> Middle Legacy, bro. Can, you, they can, they can, they gotta stop these. <laughs> For th- second, if the games are just based on the second, third, and fourth quarters, they're fine. But they cannot. This is the third week in a row, third game in a row. They have come out, and not just road games. That they did it at home against Steel, and come out and they look like crap in the first quarter, dude. And they're and and the other thing is like give credit to their opponents because their opponents are pouncing. Like they were, they got down like thirty-five nothing or something early. To, uh, it to, was forty-two nothing against Judson. In, Judson in the in, first like first quarter. Yeah, it was, I think early second quarter is forty. It was thirty-five nothing into the first quarter, and then last week against Friendship. Friendship, it's, yeah. It's eight minutes in. and It's twenty-one nothing. Like you cannot continue you can't keep to do digging this. yourself this hole. Yeah. So it, it, like you you or somebody flagged me on that, like I think on Twitter, like early on, and I'm just. No, that's got to be from last week. Like they, oh, they're down huge in the first Same quarter. Like, thing again. Gotta start fast. Like don't even. You don't have to start fast. Just don't like start. Just yeah. start yeah. at all. Um, Mount Vernon. Mm. I think we really saw the, the 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 loss the loss of their quarterback. Um, this is a team that's that's fundamentally different now. We saw we, there's a comment I think on TFT today. They're like, "Man, how does a number two team drop all the way out of the rankings?" And it's a fair question, especially to a ranked opponent. I would argue there were red flags before that. There were red flags before it, and this this makes us think that there need to be sirens going off. That a yeah. good because Winsboro is a good defense, but like. Not 14 points against yeah. a, a full-strength Mount Vernon team. Mount so. Vernon didn't score in the second half. That is – that's a big red flag. Yeah. And there, there, were, like I said, there were already red flags coming in, mm-hmm. and, and Mount Vernon, they were finding ways to win. And like, okay, they're, they're finding a way. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll find a way again this week, and they mm-hmm. didn't. And now it's like, okay, there's, there's been three three weeks in a row now of mm-hmm. – or even four weeks in a row. I think of cons- It started with the Paul Puitt game, mm-hmm. and it's continued, and, and it's it's a culmination of things. It's the, the the body of work now with the loss yep. is, is not good. It's so, concerning. Um, that's concerning. Uh, and North Shore. I kept them number one this week. You did, but uh, for the fir- they looked mortal for the first time, and obviously not having Caleb Bailey that hurts. It hurts, and the defense for the first time gave up some points and looked looked mortal. So, and we've and, and by the way, to, to people asking, we do not have any sort of confirmation on what's happening with, with no. Caleb Bailey. There's some rumors going around, but we haven't confirmed with anything. We don't know if we know. There's no word yeah. out of. I, I, I'm going to assume he is out until until he plays, and yeah. if he doesn't play, then. You know, you got to think he's not going to play. Right. That sounds. That's a Mike Reiner comment. You know, everything's no, going on play. right now. Didn't, he didn't play. I think things but, are going on a lot. Yeah, unless we don't. I mean, at this point, I'm just going to assume he's out for the year until I hear otherwise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just mm-hmm. trying to touchdown Dave though. Yeah, I mean, touchdown Dave is is a is a capable backup, but it's but they're he's, so limited. Yeah, he it's he's not a, he's a receiver. He's a wide receiver yeah. playing quarterback. Right. And so it the limits there North Shore has got two great running backs in Hardeman and Johnson. I think they're going to have to ride those two guys in Amador running the cuz Amador's a dangerous runner, but they've got to get some sort of passing attack just to keep defenses yeah. honest. So that this is the first full game without Bailey cuz Amador came in in the in the first quarter to see King game. Now there's tape you know, Summer Creek had tape on Amador, and they contained them, and they were able to do some things. So, 
a little concerned about North Shore. We'll see. They got Westbrook this week. They'll, they'll be, the Atasca City game in a couple of weeks is going to tell us a ton about North Shore. Can I take your temperature on one other team? Sure. How are we feeling about Highland Park? That's two straight weeks. I've kind of farted around with they have with, farted around with teams that they should be like Jesu- Jesuit Jesuit solid it's a solid team that is it's a, like that's a game that Jesuit takes very seriously it's a it's a, a semi rivalry yeah. game big Dallas mm. game big stuff North like Dallas that. Big, exactly yeah. big big escalate energy in that mm-hmm. game stuff mm-hmm. like that right bro Berkner Berkner's I love love coach Bryant coach Bryant's my guy mm-hmm. Berkner is at best an average 618 right and to just Kind of, thirty one seven. Like Bertner was was in shouting distance. That I think it was thirty one seventeen in the four. Like, mm-hmm. like I expect the top twenty five six A team to dispatch a Bertner pretty pretty easily in Highland Park. The last, it's two weeks in a row now, so it, it's. And now it's here's con- the thing. Con- here's con- the thing. The, the rest of their schedule is Nimitz, MacArthur, Richardson High, and Pierce. So they're going to finish ten and zero. They are like, but. You heard it here first that like, I've I have some a little bit of misgivings about Highland Park right yeah. now. So, yeah, there you go. Anyway, there's your uh, look at Week Seven across the state of Texas. We didn't even mention Gilmer and Pleasant Grove. Good job, Gilmer. Second best team in 482. Yeah, I mean the pretty 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 convincing win for the Buckeyes. You know that you know their reward by the way. They get Carthage in the regional semis instead of the regional oh. final. Cool. No, no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's time for our Week 8 draft. If this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. Here's how it goes. Step and I go back and forth selecting games we're most interested in. Uh, once it's picked, it's off. Any any game is on the, is on the board. You can do right. private school games. You can do six-man games. You can do whatever you want. I took a six-man game last week. Um, and uh, you pick it. Once it's picked, it's off the board. Then we'll round it all out with our hipster game of the week. And this is prime hipster game season. Some good right hipster here. games this, this week. This is hipster. Ga- this is hipster season because mm-hmm. you've got major playoff implications, which is kind of the, the core. Oh yeah. Of a of a uh, of a, a good hipster game. So um, we did a coin toss before the show. Step one, the coin toss. I got a text from a buddy this week, and he asked me, "Hey, when you do tap and stuff, like, do you guys rehearse like which games you're going to do?" It's like, no. This is. I'm serious. We like. I do not know what step is going to take. Mm-hmm. He does not know what I'm going to take. We're literally just going and kind of riffing on which games we like. Yeah. Um, so, like, whenever I say, dang it, you stole a game, the game I was going to take, like, it's really that's really what happened, yeah. and I'm usually just scrambling to find another yeah. game. No, I mean, we've got a list of games, yeah. that kind of the 20, 30 games that we we're think. We're working off the same data. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we know, you know. But I don't know what you're picking. You don't know what I'm picking, oh, and we're exactly. just kind of going. By the way, my hipster game is a 6A game. I will try to. Mine might be six A two. We'll we'll find out anyway because that's where the prime history six A San Antonio. I'll stay away from there. Okay. Oh, good. We're good. All right, Matthew. Uh, with pick one one of this week's draft, where are you going? I'm going to go out to East Texas for a class four A matchup. A little off the board here, but uh, I like this matchup as the four and three Lindale Eagles visit Smith Eastern. So Smith from Western Smith County visiting Eastern Smith County, taking on. The Tyler Chapel Hill Bulldogs, who are four and two and two and zero oh in district, and uh, mm-hmm. these two have history. They do. They have played uh, several, three times in the last two years. This has been meeting number four. They played twice in 2020. Lindell won both meetings. They played last year, and Lindell won the meeting. Uh, so if you're Chapel Hill and Coach Reardon, you're chomping at the bit to get you a piece of Lindell because Lindell's had their number. Mm-hmm. Now, last week, Lindell struggled against Kilgore. They dug themselves a big hole early, down 28-7. They couldn't stop a run. Yeah, Kilgore had over 500 yards of offense. 
and Isaiah. Oh, what's his last name? Gosh, his first name's Isaiah. I got it. But he ran for over three. He's up for Mr. Texas football yeah, that's this where week. I'm looking. Um, uh, Isaiah Ross. Yeah, Isaiah Ross had over 300 yards rushing for the Bulldogs. Lindell, I mean, after the first half, the second half, Lindell kind of settled in and, and outscored. Uh, they outscored uh, Kilgore by a touchdown in the second half, but they dug themselves a 21-point hole in the first half because mm-hmm. they couldn't stop the run. Mm-hmm. And this is a Lindell team that's predicated on their ability up front on both sides of the ball. Now, their offensive line is really good, and I think Lindell has the ability to play some keep away from Chapel Hill here um, because they're going to need to. Because Chapel Hill's offense that that kind of sputtered around the first two weeks and couldn't get out of their own way has kind of figured things out. Uh, Deuce McGregor, so last week they beat Ch- Jacksonville 62-21. to Deuce McGregor, uh, this is a pretty good line. Seven catches, 252 yards, and four touchdowns. That seems to be a good number for uh, Deuce McGregor. And Chapel Hill's offense is kind of starting to get, get going. So Lindell's going to need to keep the ball away from them. The one thing I noticed about this matchup is for whatever reason, stylistically, Lindell gives Chapel Hill problems. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because they're good up front. On bo- and Ch- Ch- not to say Chapel Hill's bad up front, but Lindell's really good up front. And they're big. Yeah, they're big and physical, mm-hmm. and I think they can play some keep away from Chapel Hill. <sighs> I think Chapel Hill has a chance to go further in the playoffs, but styles make fights. And I just feel like until Chapel Hill can prove to me they can beat Lindell, I got to go with Lindell in this game. Mm-hmm. I think I think Lindell's gonna 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 make it four in a row over Chapel Hill and get the win here. Now, if Chapel Hill gets it done, then then I'm I'm a lot more on the bandwagon. And I think at that point you have to talk, start talking about Chapel Hill being state ranked. But right now, I think looking at this matchup, unless until Chapel Hill proves it, I got to go with Lindell. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I do think okay. I don't know if we threw dirt on Chapel Hill, but they have very clearly woken up offensively. And sometimes what happens is you like, and their two losses are to Gilmer and Van, right? Two pretty good teams. Yeah, the, right? the Van loss is a little shaky, but I think when you look, when you, really, when you really dig into that game, I think you see, okay, it wasn't like Van dominated Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill, a lot of that was self inflicted. Most importantly in this game, most importantly is that I feel like sometimes you just need like to ease up the difficulty to get a young group of offensive skill players going, which I think is what's happened there at Chapel Hill. That then they go and they play Greenville, who they're better than, even though that's a five A, and Nacogdoches, who they're better than, even though that's a five A, mm-hmm. and the offense really starts lighting it up, starts going, which is what we expected. You know, one thing that Chapel Hill's gotten better at is they had a sophomore center, and in the first two weeks, just the, the snap. Mm. There was a lot of. I mean, I, th- I th- uh, talking to Coach Reardon, I think that in the first game they had like ten snaps that went over the quarterback's head, and so you're. Huh. I just just get, just something yeah, simple things. like that. I think they've cleaned up, and I think they they've been able to get out of their own way. Yeah, um, but you're right. I think Lindale's had their number, and this will be very interesting. I think, I think I might like. I don't know. I might like Chapel Hill. I think I like Chapel Hill. I think they're going to break the streak. I think they're going to get it done. Anyway, okay. there's my first. That's a good pick. My first pick, Matthew. Let's go to Memorial Stadium. You know where I'm talking about. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> 7:30 p.m. Friday night in Columbus. Ah uh, yes. In a big time matchup uh, in 3A Division Two, Division One rather as the Columbus Cardinals at 7-0, and 
Seven and out. That's right. One of yeah. only twenty something teams. Are and I think two of them are in this game. Yeah. Take on, welcome in, the seven and zero Hitchcock Bulldogs. Um, fascinating matchup. Columbus is a team we thought would be pretty good this year, mm-hmm. but maybe not this good. And I think a lot of it comes back to the fact that uh, you guys are never going to believe this. Uh, like, hold on to your britches here. They've got a quarterback whose last name is Schobel. No. I I kid you not. I kid you not. For the 18th consecutive year, they've got a Schobel who's an important part. This time it's the sophomore, Adam Schobel. He's Those been procreating Schobels, I'll he's tell you. He's been very, very strong. By the way, we had we had Coach Schobel, Matt Schobel, on um, Football Friday. And I asked him, because he was, you know, it's 10.45 at night or whatever. And I asked him, I was like, I know, because I looked it up. I was like, I know Schobel's closes at 9.30, but do they open up for you? Like, when you get home? He's like, no. I'm like, dude, what's the point of having yeah, what's the, point the of family it? restaurant? Yeah. You just won a game, like, over a good Hallettsville team, yeah. and they're not going to open it up for you? Like, open the buffet up, Come man. On, Let's dude. go. Anyway, that's, oh, the, I, I, that's like a I need to go. I need to go eat at Shobles. Yeah. It's a bucket list. Place. You got to eat at Shobles, and then like next year, next year you need to go eat at Shobles, and then watch a game coached by a Shobel and quarterbacked by a Shobel. Like that's what you need to that's do. A trifecta. Anyway, but Adam Shobel has been very good, and most importantly for a sophomore, he's really taking care of the football. Yeah, he's taking care of the football. Fifteen touchdowns and no interceptions. They also run the ball really well. Their running back James Hurd has been very strong as well. They got another one in the junior Tyrone Whitehead. They're strong, and their defense has been very good. Defense has been shutting very quietly, very good. I mean, we watched them in seven on seven, yeah. and I thought they were very, very fun. good, very athletic. Speaking of seven on seven, we watched. They're uh, taking on. They're taking on the team that Ashley Pickle straight up fell in love with in yeah. seven on seven because she. Were, they're taking on. They won it, right? Hitchcock won it. I don't think Hitchcock lost a seven on seven game all summer. Because here's Hitchcock, and Hitchcock, this is the classic example of of seven on seven telling us something because right they've got a kid. Another sophomore quarterback in Lloyd Jones mm-hmm. III. And this kid can spin it. Yeah. This kid's fun. He's really fun to watch. And Hitchcock as a whole is fun. They are they are athletic. They are fun. They are athletic. They got speed. This is this they get is, after yes, it. Yes. They will get after it. And they will be the faster team in this game. Yes. And they're gonna have playmakers that Columbus simply doesn't have. I like Columbus's playmakers, but Hitchcock's just got dudes. Yeah. Like they've got like Five A level dudes. Yes, you know what I mean. They've they've taken some, and both these teams have taken, have taken four A teams to the woodshed. Yes, and not and they're not as their slate. And so and so, what's fascinating about this? Is Lloyd Jones has been fantastic. They've got uh, Bryce Dorsey, uh, the, the the running back. Um, he they can do a lot. They can do a lot in this game. Here, this ultimately is going to come down to defense. Columbus has the better defense, okay, and they're at home, so it's hard to pick against Columbus, right? Mm-hmm. But and they've got the big game pedigree. They got the big game pedigree. But, but, allow me, Matt Step, to suggest that only one of these teams has played a competitive fourth quarter. Only one of them, mm-hmm. the Hitchcock, and they've played some. They've had some games where they've had to. They've had to earn it, right? Salado, when they played Salado in that game at Bryant, like mm-hmm. they they had to earn it. When they played uh, East Bernard in week two, they had to earn it. You know, now they blew out Refurio in week one, but like you had to keep your foot on the gas against yeah. Refurio. Mm-hmm. So this is. If this game gets is tight late, I know which team I, I has the experience in that because yeah. it's still a pretty young. Both of these are pretty young, and so I know one of these teams has the experience in in late and close situations. Mm-hmm. For me, that's about it's about Hitchcock keeping it close until then. Columbus is my pick. I like Columbus at home. 
But the, I mean, if you want to see if you want to see the future of three A football, maybe these two are gonna be around for for a, a couple while. Of years there yeah. in Region Three. Mm-hmm. So big game there in Columbus. That's my first pick. What's your first pick? My second pick, Matthew. I'm gonna go down to the, go down to the Austin. It's a big week in Austin. There's some it great is an games. Excellent week in Austin. Uh, we'll go to the the, the the headline matchup, the Battle of Unbeaten's, as six and zero Austin Westlake, four and zero in district, visits Dripping Springs, home of the fried catfish in the press box. Coach Zimmerman, you need to get down there and cover a game. This would be a good week. Westlake, forty six straight wins. Yes, and I'll tell you what, Dripping Springs. I didn't. I thought they'd be a decent. 618 but they 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 have now the last five weeks they really haven't played anyone in their weight class but that went over vandergrift and they're coasted one, on one yeah yeah is <laughs> aged well. well well number two is on tap this week mm-hmm. against westlake because if they can if they can pull this off they they're going to earn their stripes as uh westlake in their 46 game winning streak comes calling and uh what, now westlake has played with their food a little bit in a couple of games this year and Against Austin, Austin Anderson, Donald, Coach Hatcher, all, all due respect to, to Coach Hatcher and Austin Anderson. But when I saw 28-17 in the second quarter, I was like, huh? Now, Westlake poured it on in the second half and pulled away for a, a big win. But this is a trend. They don't start – like they started slogans like Travis. Rich Point. They started slogans Rich Point. Yeah. They started slogans Anderson. This is a trend. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's pretty. We've got we're six games in. I think it's pretty clear Westlake's really, really good, but they're not near what they what they were last year or the year before. I think this is a a, a human Westlake team. For Dripping Springs, they got that guy. They they. It's funny. Very rarely does Westlake not have the best quarterback in the game. Well, they don't have the best quarterback in the game. They do not. Austin Novasad, the Baylor commit, is, is is the headliner. But when do you think it's the last time that it had to be like a Lake Travis game, like where Probably, Lake Travis yeah. had like yeah. you know Hudson Card or something? But what's what's intriguing about Dripping but Springs? Even he went probably against like I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm that's okay. Um, <laughs> Dripping Springs in six games, they're allowing just over six points per game. They've been really, really good. Mm-hmm. Now, this is going to be their best offense they've faced by a factor of about three because you got Jaden Greathouse. Paxton Land, the Westlake quarterback, has been, been solid. Uh, and they've got that guy in Jaden Greathouse, the running game. Jack Kaiser has been really good. This is a solid Westlake team. Uh, this is going to be – Dripping Springs defense is going to get a huge test to this one. So, um, obviously, I'm picking Westlake in this game. But what I really want to see is how competitive can Dripping Springs be – that's going to tell me a lot about does Dripping Springs assume the role as Division Two favorite in Region Four, or if Westlake dominates and, and blows them out, then I think Dripping you kind of drop Dripping Springs into that kind of gaggle of teams that are kind of in the mix. Um, so I'm really interested to see this game. I mean, I'll be stunned if Dripping Springs if Dripping Springs comes back wins this game. I'll come on here and, and praise Coach Zimmerman and Dripping oh Springs. Gosh, yes. Oh well, you can't. I mean, to, to no degree, but I, I just don't. I just don't think you can pick against the state's longest winning. No, streak. I think you got. I think what I'm watching for in this game is how competitive is the game. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm not. I don't want to look. At the, I want to see the game trend, right? I like like if Westlake races out to a 42 nothing lead and Dripping Springs scores, you know, and it ends up being 49 24. Um, I, I want to look at the game trend. I want to see is this a, is this a competitive game throughout the course of the game, and that's going to tell me a lot about Dripping Springs and what their potential playoff ceiling is. I think that's a good pick. You're taking Drip and Westlake. My second pick, Matthew. Let's go. Let's go in a lot of ways to the spiritual home of Dave Campbell's Texas football. Oh, okay. Let's go. It's Alpine, right? 
<laughs> yes. We're going to Alp. You nailed it. We're going to Alp. Who's Alpine got this week? I, I think they're off this week, actually. Well, then even better. Let's go and, and, and party with them. Let's go to, go to Riata. No. Let's go. 7 o'clock, right? 7.30 p.m. Friday night. Maybe this is off your board. At Willie Williams Stadium ah. in Bellmead. Yes, that is our, that, that is actually our spiritual home. That is our spiritual home. That's where Mr. Campbell graduated Correct. from. Correct. As... The La Vega Pirates welcome in the number two team in 4A Division One, the China Spring Cougars. And perhaps you're thinking, perhaps you're looking up and down at the board and you're saying, dude, what, Tupper? Like, dude, La Vega's four and three. What are you doing, you ding dong? Um, first of all, don't call me a ding dong. Secondly, That's not nice. this is a, I am comfortable saying that La Vega is a team that's better than their record is. They're four and three. Mm-hmm. But those losses are to Wake O'Connolly, Midlothian Heritage. That was a full strength Wake O'Connolly. Correct. Wake O'Connolly's had some issues, but they've had, yes. they've had injuries. Midlothian Heritage and Lorena. Okay. Now, and and by the way, those two of those games, Connolly and La, and the Lorena game, they were decided by a combined nine points. Okay. They've mm-hmm. been very close since then. The schedule's lightened up, and they've really kind of gotten cooking. And and the. The the running or you know the the running game with Nick Xavier Rice has started has started cooking. Um, they Bryce have, and Roland, the soft, uh, super Bryce, sophomore. Bryce and Roland, mm-hmm. uh, their quarterback Robert Prescott has stepped up in a big way. The offense has started going, and their defense has been very strong. So China Spring does have a loss on the year, which is kind of easy to forget. But 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 they've they lost to Parish Episcopal. Uh, twenty four sixteen. That's the number one private school team in the state. It's a good loss. It's a good. I would. Uh, I would always categorize those as like a good five A D one team. I think. I mean, I mean f- Parish Episcopal has a win over Alito. Yes. So that just tells you what yes. type of team we're talking about here. Um. Now they have the more impressive resume. They have a win over Lorena. They have a win over Melissa. They have a win over Wago Connolly as well. Last week they blasted Alvarado into the sun. We had questions coming into the year about how well this team was going to replace um, replace their uh, Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year, mm-hmm. Major Bowden. Mm-hmm. Uh, they replaced him with Cash McCollum. He's been great. Okay, no worries with them. Here's why I've got this game on my radar. So obviously this is kind of the the real kickoff of the fun in District Five Four AD One because in a couple weeks we're going to talk about uh, Ch- or next week we're going to talk about China Spring and Stephenville almost mm-hmm. certainly that'll probably get drafted. A good chance of that. Is there a look ahead factor for China mm-hmm. Spring because everyone's going to be talking about Stephenville? Everyone's going to be talking about Stephenville. And B, if you want to talk about styles make fights, La Vega has had China Springs number. Okay. La Vega has won the last three yeah. in 2019, 2018, and 2017. And one of those years, they may have played twice. Uh, 2016, okay. they played twice. They uh, uh, La Vega beat them in the regular season and lost in the playoffs. Okay. So, this is... La Vega has had China Springs number. Stylistically... They tend to play get China Spring to play games like they lost against Parish Episcopal, 24-16. Mm-hmm. Low scoring in the 20s, we're not going to let you kind of throw the ball all over the yard. You have to take China Spring in this game. But the other thing is, by the way, Bellmead is not a particularly fun place to play at. No, it's a, it's, it gets it's, rocking. Yeah, it gets rowdy there. It gets rowdy. 
Lavega's got a good home field advantage. I'm 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 taking I'm taking China Spring, but I've got upset watch on my. I'm putting this on upset watch. I think I think Lavega's got a great chance to win this game if they wear them down and out muscle them. I think the key is going to be Lavega's defense. Mm-hmm. They've hung their hat on defense for a long time, and the defense this year has been up and down. Yes, if their defense can come to play, contain that. I think Lavega's. It's gonna be, it's gonna come down to their defense. They don't they're not, they're not built to get into a shootout no. shot in the spring, but they can keep this game in the twenties. I think they have a shot. That's gonna be the keys. Is is what's the you know how how what's the style and tempo of the game? If this game is but, but that's the thing is that like a lot of these games have been in the twenties. If they can do that and get them into their style of game, mm-hmm. they've got an opportunity to win them. All right, what's your third pick, Matthew? I'm gonna go to Burleson on Friday night, <laughs> one of the big games in the Metroplex in District Three Five A Division One as. The district lead is on the line as the 5-2 and two Alito Bearcats visit the state-ranked and unbeaten Burleson Centennial Spartans at 6-0, 4-0 in district. And the uh, Spartans are fresh off of a uh, big win over Denton Ryan last week as they knocked off <clears throat> knocked off the Raiders 23-16. to And I think that, you know, we had questions about Burleson Centennial coming in, and I think they, they answered a lot of those questions with that win over Ryan. But if you listened to Tep and Step last week with yeah. Ashley Pickle and I, we told you. Yeah. We said, guys, Ryan's the favorite, but yeah. this is a Centennial team that is capable of doing it. Centennial's such a tough matchup because they will just they, 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 they squeeze the game. They hold on to the football for a long time. Their offense is kind of a flex-bone option offense. They're patient. They don't deviate. They just grind and grind three, four yards at a time and, 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 and limit your touches. And by the way, like it hasn't happened this year, but like historically, Kyle Geller, they'll get down 14, and a lot of teams like that might throw it out the wind, throw the game plan out the window. They're like, guys, yeah. don't you worry. We're going to do our thing. Yeah. They are patient is the perfect word. They're like, it's going to work. Don't <clears throat> yeah. worry. It's going to work. It's like Novocaine, man. It'll, uh-huh. it'll just give it some time. It'll work. Exactly right. Um, and they proved it last year. They knock off Denton Ryan. Now, Denton Ryan. Obviously, they were not at full strength, and I think that's a that's a caveat that needs to be thrown out when it, when we're talking about it, because you know quarterback didn't play, running back didn't play, that hurt didn't run. Now, now one thing I noticed about Centennial looking at the box score in this game, they had zero penalties. They didn't have a single penalty in the game. That's that's now they they, they put the ball on the ground a couple of times, mm-hmm. but they didn't they didn't hurt themselves with penalties. So um, that's interesting. Alito the last few weeks. Really haven't learned a lot about Alito because they they're 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 fought in their five game winning streak. They have played they haven't played anyone in their weight class. Mm-hmm. You know the last time they played someone in their weight, they, 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 Par- Parish Episcopal is probably the only team that, that was in their weight class and they lost to them. I don't hold the Geyer loss against Alito too much because Geyer is a state ranked six A team. So I think we're going to learn a lot about Alito's made a lot of changes since those first two weeks of the season. I think we're going to learn a lot about Alito and if they are back to contender status in this game. Alito's like Texas. Like you're like yeah. the, 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 the they either back or they are not. Like are they back or are they not back? And mm-hmm. and yeah, this is a real opportunity to find out cuz like they've you could also make an argument, correct me if I'm wrong. Let me see. I don't want to say something out of turn. You can make an argument that like this uh, actually no. This would definitely be their best win of the year. Oh yeah. And like Probably by a considerable margin. Like they're yeah. right now, their best wins Northwest. It's yeah, like, Northwest is per, they're fine. Probably the fourth place team in yeah. that district. Right, and also Northwest Division One quarterback Jake Strong didn't play that game. Well, the Texas Tech commit. So right. this is the this would be their best win yeah. by a considerable so, margin. Um, 
this Centennial's a one-dimensional team. They don't throw it very much. Alito is going to be they're going to be laser focused on the run game here, trying to slow it down. I think Alito gets the defense gets the stops they need and they win this game. I, I think Centennial is a good team. I'm I'm just I'm number one not convinced Ryan's that good this year and that's Centennial's. That's fair. So I, I'm going to go with Alito. I mean, they got that long district winning streak. It's over 90 games in a row in district. Uh, it's 100. And Is it over 100 let now? Let's see. What, what's their record? They're 5 and 0. They're 5 and 0 in district. district. Yeah. So then their district winning streak is stands at 107 or 108. Alito's won 108 district games in a row. They've lost incredible. a district game since 2007. Who'd they lose to? I don't know. Do you know who they lost to? That's the E Block, baby. E Block. That's right. <laughs> I was at that. I was at that game. Were you? Everman won thirty-five twenty-eight. Yeah, it was Alito. Alito was driving late to win the game. It was a close, great game, but Everman won, and the good guys won that night. <laughs> it's been a while since we we haven't beaten Alito since. Uh, actually, no, did we beat him in? I think we beat him in two thousand eight in the playoffs, in the second round of the playoffs. Okay. Whatever Jonathan Gray saw a uh, freshman year was. And, anyway. you, and all you do is make him mad. Yeah, <laughs> they won three straight titles. But anyway, anyway, I like Alito in this game. I yeah. think I think this is a this is going to be a, a, a great litmus test for Alito. I want to see we're going to see where Alito is in this game. So, uh, and Burleson, if Burleson Centennial wins, they're going ten and zero. Yeah, at no, this point, yeah. they're going to go ten and zero. Oh yeah, this is this is the last this is the last uh, reasonable like big test for them. Yeah. Now, if Alito wins, then Alito and Denton Ryan next week becomes really big because now. Be if a three-way did, dance. Yeah, or if and if Alito beats Ryan the next week, then all of a sudden Ryan's on the road in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're having mm-hmm. maybe going to, going to Central Texas. Mm-hmm. So big game in Burleson. Game. There's another big game in Burleson on Thursday night. We'll talk about it a little later. Oh, that's a tease. Yeah, Matt Step. I want to go to Friday night down in the Coastal Bend, 7:30 p.m. Friday night at Wildcat Stadium at Phil Danaher Field in Cal Allen. Corpus Christi, I suppose. The Cal Allen portion of Corpus Christi. Yeah, Northern Corpus yeah, Christi. Northern Corpus Christi. The northern. As the unbeaten, state-ranked, and computer-darling Corpus Christi Cal Allen Wildcats welcome in the 5-1 and one Alice Coyotes. One of these teams you've heard a lot about, and another of these teams, this is the first you're hearing of them. But So let's talk about Cal Allen. Because Cal Allen, I mentioned they're a computer darling. The computers love them because they're dominant. And <laughs> they've been blowing folks out. And they've got wins that have aged well. That win over that win over Gregory Portland mm-hmm. aged well. That win, I would even say, over Corpus Christi Flower Bluff mm-hmm. aged pretty well. That win over Quero aged well. Even though, you know, it's 481 over 482, still aged well. And they've been dominant in the other games. They have, when we talked in the, op- in the open about um, teams like Highland Park, right? Teams like, in some respects, Allen, uh, Denton Ryan. We talked about how that was maybe a canary in the coal mine when they played around with the colony, right? This is an opportunity. Like, Cal Allen didn't have that problem. Cal Allen, when they play a team they're better than, they, they, like they they mm-hmm. mash them, okay. So they've been mashing fools. <laughs> Last week they drilled Laferia, and it's just old school offense. They're doing the same old thing. Running game has been fantastic, and this is a team that um, uh, that I think is is ready for prime time. I don't know if they're quite as good as the computers would would lead you to believe, but 
they're doing they're they're doing what they normally do. Epi Hinojosa has been fantastic. No, he's out. It's, they, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, right. he's 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 out for the year. They've he's, had to replace him, but they're Blaine uh, Blaine Lamb and Bryce Burnett have stepped they're up. They're throwing it more this year. They are. Blaine they're, Burnett has has thrown for a thousand yards. Yeah, they're they're throwing it a lot more this year, That's, which is interesting. But they're. It, it, no, I was typing this preview up, and I wrote head coach Steve Campbell. It was like it's Whoa, still weird what? to write. Yeah. But he's undefeated. That just shows you. I mean, you lose a guy like Hinojosa, their number one back, and they just keep keep on doing, just keep on chucking along. So, but here's your test. Okay, this is the only this is the only team in that district yeah. in their weight class because next week they play Toloso Midway, and uh, now Toloso Midway is better. They are much better than they have been. Mm-hmm. I want to be very clear about that. They're much better than they have been. But Danaher literally never lost it to Losa Midway. And think about how long he was there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I think beat. it was like 40-0 or something like that against TM. Um, and I remember joking with him at one point uh, that I said, like, you know, actually, I don't know if we're going to pick you guys to win the district. I think we might pick TM. And he looked at me, like, so angry. He's like, you can't pick to Losa Midway. <laughs> like, anyway, all that to say, now they get Alice. And Alice is a team that if you're not paying attention to them, it may be like they lost in week two to Corpus Christi Vets, and you're like, ah, whatever, forget them. Mm-hmm. They're done. That's a 5A team. It's a decent 5A. It's a good 5A D1. Good 5A D1 team. Yeah. They got beat. But since then, whenever Flower Bluff went and, 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 and just kind of cruising along, they handed they handed the aforementioned Tolosa Midway, only their second loss of the year last week. So n- nice win over Victoria West also, another 5A D1. And they've got a guy, Cutter Stewart. Mm-hmm. Transfer from Orange Grove, FBS prospect at quarterback. He can spin it. He can. And Cutter Stewart was he, he played in the Veterans Memorial game, but he was clearly yeah. not one hundred percent in that game. He's one hundred percent now. Yeah, threw for two two sixty eight and three touchdowns last week. Uh, and this is a fascinating matchup that, in my mind, will find out once and for all exactly, and probably for the last the last data point for Cal Allen heading into the playoffs. Where do they stack up? Just how serious are they as a statewide contender? If they go out there and they smush Orange Grove, and especially if they shut them down defensively, mm-hmm. then it's time to really sit up and pay attention, and maybe the computers are on to something, right? Mm-hmm. But if they go out there and Cutter Stewart starts throwing the ball over the yard on them, and this game ends, let's just say Callum wins it, but they win like 38-30. Now you start, let's, you start let's ta- add Alice to the Region yeah. 4 conversation at You that start point. tapping the brakes, mm-hmm. and suddenly, like, you know, I'll tell you who's going to be watching this game extremely closely. I know they have their own business to attend to uh, this week against uh, San Antonio Memorial. San Antonio Memorial. Bernie. Bernie. Actually, Bernie plays on Thursday night. They they might go to this game I mean. because this because this is you know as far as regional contenders concerned right now the list is Cal Allen and Bernie. Alice can insert themselves in that conversation firmly in this game. So even even a bit a close loss. So I'm very interested to see uh, how this all shakes out. Cal Allen and Alice is my pick. By the way, I mean, their district—they haven't lost a ton of district games either. Um, but uh, not anything I can report to right now because I. No, uh, Cal Allen. Yeah, they, they, they lost to Flower Bluff in district oh, play. Oh yeah, that's you know, right. and they were five A. and yeah. they lost to Flower Bluff. That's a right. When they were five A, you're right. Four A, yeah. they haven't lost a district game. No, they haven't. Yeah, yeah they won the district the last yeah. two years. Yeah. What is your fourth pick, Matthew? I'm gonna go back to the small school ranks, and I'm gonna go out to the big country. Seven o'clock, I think. We'll just go seven o'clock Friday night in Stamford, as the Cisco Big Damn Lobos visit the Stamford Bulldogs. Unbeaten Stamford, six and zero, two and zero in district play. Cisco is six and one, 
three and zero in district, and I think this is our referent. This is our official referendum on Stanford. This is it. Now, let me tell you something about Stanford. They are young. You're gonna be hearing about Stanford in the next couple of years. They're gonna be a, con- a state title contender in a year or two because this is a sophomore heavy team. And the fact that they're six and zero says a lot. Now, two weeks ago, Stanford knocked off Alney, uh, twenty-two to thirteen, and Alney was undefeated, and they knocked them off. And a good win for Stanford, but but Cisco, Cisco's a different level. And then you know later on, you get the final boss and Holly uh, later on in the year. Um, the Bulldogs' defense was key, five turnovers in that win, and they've had a week to prepare for Cisco because they were off last week. So that helps. And I love teams that coming off a of bye week, especially good teams coming off a of bye week. It's a big advantage for Britt Hart's ball club. He's going to have some stuff cooked up for Cisco, mm-hmm. and he's going to need to have it cooked up because, uh, yeah, Hunter Long, breaking news, ran wild again last week. He'll uh, do that. The Cisco quarterback's been doing this for three years now. He Hunter, Hunter Long runs for 338 yards and five touchdowns. All five touchdowns in Cisco's 34 to 15 win uh, over Alney. Um, you got to stop me. And if you're Stanford, you cannot let Hunter Long just go bananas again. No. But the problem is, is if you key in too much on Long, Cisco's got other guys who can who are plenty good enough to make plays. This is Cisco's time. They're a senior heavy ball club. This is the year they've been gunning for. They think they can take out Hawley. We'll we'll see if that happens, but they got to get through Stanford first. But I I think it's Cisco's time. They're going to be ready for this game. I think Stanford keeps it close. They've had the week off, but I like the big damn Lobos in this game. Okay, okay, that's uh, you're right. This is the official like put up or shut up moment. How for good is Stanford in 2022? Exactly. We know Stanford's going to be really good in 23, 24, yes. but for 22, we're going to find out how good they are. Exactly right. Like, what's the schedule look like for the next couple of years uh, for for Stanford? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good pick, Stanford and Cisco. Matt Stepp. Let me type this into the spreadsheet and pull this up because I want to make sure. Because this is a this is a district that'll give you some Thursday night games. Nope. But it's a short week though. Seven o'clock Friday night at I presume Klein Memorial Stadium. Yeah, Klein. Klein's only got one stadium. This game on Text Live. I don't think we have Klein ISD. Hmm. Where's Pickle? What can, is she? Do? What can, is she? What is she even doing? We can fix that. Klein, give us a call. We got Klein and Warren or uh, Waller this week, so you can watch that on Texan Live. Anyway, all that's to say, 7 o'clock Friday night at Klein Memorial Stadium. It is the unbeaten Klein Collins Tigers taking on the 4 and 2 Klein Forest Golden Eagles and arguably another referendum game mm-hmm. on Klein Collins. Yeah. Klein Collins. I really want both these teams because Klein Collins is six and zero, and they've got a couple really nice. They've got a couple of wins that looked good at the time and are still pretty good, but maybe not as good as we thought. They that win over Summer Creek is good. Mm-hmm. Nice the win, win o- there. Win over you know we were uh, you know the the win over Pearland Dawson is is good. It's a good win. Pearland Dawson's good, but they're not. Right, they're, they're probably a slightly above average team. Right. Um, but last, I mean, look, there's there's little debating that the offense is uh, is is cooking. They're they're yeah. rolling. The last three weeks, they have Tucker Parks, their quarterback, has been spectacular. Remember, we watched Klein Collins against Desoto at State seven on seven, and how good Klein Collins yes. was. They were throwing the we football did. around. They, they were, were really the yeah. They I, I don't know if that was Tucker Parks, but whoever it was was doing well. The Tucker big Parks. tight end. Yeah, yeah they, they were. That, Klein Collins is a good fun team to watch. They are. Um, Justin hmm. Castillo. Another. another, another uh, Seven on seven tip of the cap there. You How know about I mean? that? It's, it actually told us something. Um, 
they are they have been fantastic. Now, defense has been let up a little bit recently. Defense is especially last week has been asking just asking for the ball back, please. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they get a big test against a team that there are no questions about the defense. Because Klein Forrest last week, in I would say one of the more impressive results of the week, the big upset, and I would say the last two weeks, when they go and they play Tomball Memorial to a 15-12 loss, and then last week 17-14, their defense is rolling. Yeah, Klein Forrest is athletic as hell. They are. They got playmakers. I think where Klein Collins has to have their edges up front. Yes. I think that's. That it's one of those deals where if Collins can be better, better by a lot than than Forrest up front, and then the, they're able to contain the playmakers. I think they yeah. that, that's the key for Collins in this. That's the, that's the path. Because last week, for the, last week, I think Coach Jonathan Wilson, that was the platonic ideal of a football game for him. Okay, <laughs> we are going to stymie a really good Klein Kane team, a previously unbeaten Klein Kane team. We're going to stymie them, and then we're going to throw a touchdown late. And, or score a touchdown late, and we're going to win it. That's basically it. Because mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Bragg got in for thir- with 37 seconds left, and that was the ball game. They won 17-14. That is the path here for them. It would certainly turn this district upside down if they were to do that, because right now the district is relatively well stratified. You've got Collins and Tomball kind of on a collision course at some point. Uh, Klein Kane is kind of in that mix. Force is in that big middle. Right now it's, it's, it's pretty well stratified. But you can put some blood on the throne here if you're forced, and an opportunity to really turn things into a bit of chaos here in District 15-6A. I like Collins. I think they've got too many weapons, and I think they've got more weapons than Kane does, so they're going to be able to, to score a few more. I also just don't think, because one of the other problems with, with Klein Forrest is that their offense is only okay. Mm-hmm. Their offense is only okay. They're going to need a lot from Jalen Bragg and company. Uh, I like Collins, but this is if this game is played at Forrest's pace— and that defense is the dominant force in this game, they can absolutely steal it and turn District 15-6A up to, upside down. So I'm going to Klein Forrest and Klein Collins. What is your fifth and final pick, Matthew? Tough one. There's some good games on the board, but I'm going to go down to the Rio Grande Valley. Mm-hmm. 5A Division I, 15-5A Division One, as the unbeaten PSJA North Raiders at 6-0 and and 3-0 and in District visit the McAllen Row Warriors, five and one and three and zero oh in district play, and McAllen Row has been really, really quietly putting together a great season down in the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, won their last five games after, the, after dropping their season opener, and last week they had to come from behind against a good McAllen Memorial Ball Club. They come back, forty-one thirty-seven win. They're down two touchdowns late, and uh, this quarterback Isaac Satoyo um, comes in comes in after halftime. Rowe needs a spark, and he gives him a spark. He runs for three touchdowns to help uh, lift the Warriors to the win. Nelson Ramirez had a 95-yard kickoff return uh, during the first half and then had a 14-yard touchdown pass reception from Satoyo uh, to help complete the rally um, for McAllen Rowe. Rowe's got a lot of offensive firepower, but this is a tough matchup because PSJ North is so good up front on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. That's been the key for Coach Kaufman's ball club there in the Raiders. It was key. In the, I saw it in person. Their win over Edinburgh Vela, they were able to dominate the line of scrimmage, run the football. Um, Ali, Ali Aparicio, their quarterback, is an operator of that offense. He's dynamic with his legs. He throws the ball well enough to keep you honest. Makes PSJA North a tough matchup. North last week 
kind of workmanlike over La Jolla. La Jolla Palmview is always this kind of a tricky team down there mm-hmm. in 5A Division One. They're always kind of feisty and in the mix and, and competing for a playoff spot. And they go on the road last week and knock off Palmview 36-7. to uh, Pretty workmanlike, but it, it was the defense that stole the show. And I think in this matchup, I think the North defense and their big offensive line are the key. McAllen Rose a little small on the defensive line. They're a little light in the bridges. And I think North is just going to line up go right at him and mash him and control the pace and control this ball game. Give me PSJ North to improve to 7-0 and basically, for all intents and purposes, wrap up district. a district championship. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. This is the last real challenge to them. In the regular season, this for sure. This is the last challenge for them between this and 10-0, and so um, a huge matchup down there. Should be a great crowd and a great atmosphere down there at McAllen Memorial Stadium. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be, it'll be good. So I get the final pick, which means I've got there's there's a lot of value in having the final pick because like the whole the whole board's in front of you. Um, and you don't I, can, to, I can only pick five. You can only pick five, and you're done. You're toasted. So let's be let's be as completionist as possible. How about this? All right. Seven thirty p.m. No, seven o'clock. Friday night. Allow me to give it away. Eight o'clock Central Time. Oh. Seven o'clock local. Friday night at Franklin Stadium. In the beautiful. Sun City. West side. El Paso. West side of El Paso. The game of the week in El Paso. As For sure. The El Paso, as uh, the El Paso Eastlake Falcons visit the El Paso Franklin Cougars in a critical District 1-6A matchup. Seems like every and game in 1-6A is critical. Every oh year it's, just, it's like this, you know. It's, it always, it's always just a mess. It is just a mess. Like, the only teams I'm, like, counting out at this point are, like, Socorro and Coronado. Yeah. Other than that, like everybody's you can talk me into Eldorado. Like yeah. Eldorado beats Americas this week, they're right back mm-hmm, in it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, that's kind of that Eldorado uh, Americas game, kind of like an elimination game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like winner winner stays in, losers you know losers prob- probably done. Probably done. Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about El Paso Franklin uh, and El Paso Eastlake. So coming into the year for Franklin, one of the questions we had was about quarterback. Um, we knew that they had some playmakers. Uh, Jordan Morales, a running back. We knew they had a big-time receiver on the outside in, Chase, in Bo Sparks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we had questions about quarterback. We, Coach Walker, Darren Walker out there at Franklin, told us in the offseason, in, 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 in Dave Campbell's Texas football, he said, we're going to take our linebacker, our junior linebacker, Shay Smith, mm-hmm. and we're going to move him to quarterback. We think he's just the best athlete. He's going to lead the offense. And the returns have been very strong. Yeah, he's been great. Shea Smith has been excellent. Twelve hundred and eighty yards and eighteen touchdowns against two picks. He's he you know he can run the ball a fair amount. He's got six touchdowns on the ground. He's he's got this great rapport with Bo Sparks. Uh, he's Bo Sparks got forty nine catches on the year already. Mm-hmm. They're they're cruising. They're cruising now. I think the defense has some room to improve. That that. A re- this is an easy Franklin team to understand if you just forget week six happened when they took on Montwood. That and, was, yeah. I mean, just defensively laid an egg. Like, yeah, especially in the second half. They had a big lead and just yeah, let it slip away. Just let it slip, slip away, lose a 43-42. This game's even bigger if they don't do that. Mm-hmm. Now they've got to take on an even better team in Eastlake this week and coming into town. And this Eastlake team 
is serious business and pretty well-rounded, I think is the way that I would describe them. I think that this team has a lot of different ways that they can beat you. This sophomore quarterback, Luke Lomelli, mm-hmm. has really been solid. And he's their leading rusher and their leading passer. They ask him to do a lot, mm-hmm. but he's been very strong. And more importantly for them, their defense has been pretty consistently excellent. They have not lost to a team in the state of Texas. They lost to Rio Rancho, New Mexico in week two, 13-7. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah, that's a that's a good that's that's Rio Rancho is a sub a very well to do suburb of Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. A lot of that, that, them and them and Rio Rancho Cleveland are the two powers yeah. in the state of New Mexico right now. And they they held them real real tight to that mm-hmm. game. Um, so a lot of this is is going now. They have not been necessarily the offense has has no showed at times. Um, their loss to their win over Americas was real tight. They needed mm-hmm. everything they got. A lot of this comes down to what do you think of the Franklin defense? What we saw in the last time we saw them before their open date against against Montwood. If the mm-hmm. defense can bounce back, we got ourselves a ball game. Critical matchup here. I like I like Franklin. I think week, Franklin the week off has been. They had a I week to to stew about the Montwood game. They've had a they're they're going to be and at playing, home chomping on the bit. And yeah. Eastlake's playing eight games eight games in eight weeks. Yeah. Their open date's next week. So. Now they'll get their open date and then play Pebble Hills, and then things will get real fun. Yeah. Anyway, I think Franklin gets it. I think Franklin gets the job done. I, I, I agree. Um, I, think, I, I, I agree with you in this one. And and um, the computers got it as yeah Franklin by nine. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. I wonder if they just don't know what to do. No. Well, you know what the thing is? They've kind of been underachieving their their spreads a little bit, like their their uh, their projections. Like they they only beat America's by two. I, I th- they only they didn't blow out Socorro like they were supposed to. Yeah. Kind of took their foot off the gas against Socorro. I, I think we're looking at one six A and there's there's kind of two tiers. I think you've got the top tier of Franklin, Eastlake, and Pebble Hills, mm-hmm. and then I think you got the second tier of the, Eastwood, Americas, El Dorado, the over the top Montwood. Royal Rumble. Yeah, for yeah. T- the last last those those four kind of fighting out for the last spot. Yeah. So I think you got two two pretty distinct tiers there. Yeah. So there you go. There you have it. Uh, we have got our week. Let me write that down. E.P. Franklin. I'm doing this for my sake. And E.P. Eastlake. So there's our game draft. Um, Step took Lindale and Chapel Hill, Dripping Springs and Austin Westlake, Burleson, Centennial, Alito, San Francisco, and PSJ North McAllen Row. I took Columbus, Hitchcock, Waco, La Vega, uh, China Spring, uh, Corpus Christi, Allen, uh, Alice, uh, Klein Collins and Klein Forest and El Paso Franklin El Paso East Lake. That is spreading the love. San Antonio didn't get one. Nope. But other than that, we did we're a good job. Everywhere. Uh, did we hit the Panhandle? I don't think we hit the Panhandle. No, we didn't hit the Panhandle. Panhandle. Uh, San Francisco is the only like West Texas game yeah. we had. But other other than that, I would say that's pretty decent spread. Anyway, um, it's time for our hipster game of the week. Mm-hmm, Matthew, mm-hmm. do you have a hipster game in mind? I do. Okay, would you let me know? Let's go to the Alamo City. 7 o'clock Thursday night at Ferris Stadium as a huge matchup in District 29-6A as the San Antonio Warren Warriors take uh, on now we're doing San Antonio. the San Antonio O'Connor Panthers in a game ripe with playoff. Actually, I actually talked to Northside ISD Assistant Athletic Director Conrad Hernandez today because I wanted to flush out tiebreakers in 29-6A because if things break the way I think that they could break, you could have a potential three-way tie for a, for two playoff spots or a, a, yeah, two last two playoff spots because you've got a kind of a gaggle of teams behind Brennan and Taft right now with Harlan and Stevens and at three and two 
O'Connor at two and two, and then Warren lurking at two and three. Dude, this freaking district. Every year. Every, every, every year it's year. like this. And you look at Warren, they've lost three in a row. Yeah. But they got blown out by Taft, but then the in the middle, but they have a seven point loss to Harlan. And then last week, a three point loss to Brennan. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, maybe Warren's figured some things out and, and O'Connor comes in. O'Connor has a big win over Harlan. That that's kind of their their calling card right now. But O'Connor's lost two in a row. They lost to Taft twenty four six and then they lost to Brennan forty one to six. Now O'Connor's got the edge. They've had a week off. So they got they got they got the bye week last week, so they're coming off an open week. If O'Connor wins this game, t- Warren, for all intents and purposes, is eliminated from the playoff race. Because now they're they're two and four, and th- that at best they finish four and four, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think four and four is going to get you into the playoffs in this district. I think you got to get to five to even have a shot. So it's a must win game for Warren. O'Connor's got a little more wiggle room, but here's the thing about O'Connor: they lose this game, they still have they 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 gotta they gotta win out, and they still have a tough game next week against Stevens. So almost a playoff elimination game here. I think at, at this point, if, if especially for Warren, if Warren loses, I think they're done. O'Connor's got a chance to still sneak in there, but this is this is kind of my um, game to watch for the, for the last couple of playoff spots. Lots okay. of playoff implications, and, and it's a, it's a, it gives us something to watch Thursday night. So when you come in Friday for the show, you can just, this will probably be a game that, that you talk about mm-hmm. because there's just a ton of playoff. And North, like you said, Northside ISD every year. After they, they usually have one or two teams at the top, and then it's like Chaos. a battle royale for the last two playoff spots, and it's the same thing again this year. All right, you that is the definition of our hipster game. The, those those games for third and fourth place. I got another one for you. All right, I love it. Let's hear it. It's homecoming, Matthew, at seven o'clock Friday night at Dragon Stadium in Round Rock, as right. Round Rock Stony Point. Welcomes mm. in uh, Cedar Park Vista Ridge. Oh yeah, this is this is hipster, hipster, hipster. This is you could make an argument. So we already mentioned Dripping Springs, and mm. they're going to be busy Friday night with Westlake. Yeah, they should be watching this game. And very also, following it on the app. And you know who else is going to be watching the game in the district? Vandergrift. Who's, who's playing Round Rock? Oh, 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 oh yeah, Van, Vandergriff's playing Round Rock. We didn't mention Vandergriff Round Rock is a great massive game. game. Yeah, massive, huge game in Austin, this, or huge week in Austin this week. But this is the game that is this is the Vandergrift D one game. Mm-hmm. This is it. This whole the, like the more I parse it and the more I think about it, I'm like it all comes down to this game. Okay, mm-hmm. so. For all year long, we've been kind of working under the assumption that Vandegrift is comfortably D2. Mm-hmm. Comfortably going to D2 because there's just too many things would have to happen for them to go to D1. Well, one of the things well. that they would have to happen would be this inexplicable and sudden rise of the Rangers of Cedar Park Vista Ridge. Yeah. Okay? Because yeah. Cedar Park Vista Ridge is 3-0 and in district. Yeah. And look, it has been... Hair on the chinny chin chin type stuff. Okay, they beat Cedar Ridge by twenty, which was impressive. That's, that's the, the that's, one that really kicks. That is it. that is by far their best win of the season. That's the one that kickstarted it. Yeah, they get an open date, they survive McNeil fifteen <laughs> to eleven, and then they survive Westwood twenty seven sixteen. I think they score late to put it to ice uh-huh, it. Okay, uh-huh. so they have been like Chad Scott's ball club has been on the edge, mm-hmm. but here's the finish line. Okay, yeah. because here's the funny thing about Vista Ridge, okay? Their next three games 
I think they're going to get walloped. Okay? Yeah. The final three, Maynard, Vandergrift, Round Rock. Yeah. Their schedule is so backloaded. Yeah. But here's the thing. If they win this game, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They can lose the rest of their in. games 150 to nothing. Yeah. They're in. They, they have head-to-head over Stony Point and, and Cedar Ridge, who are the two teams that could beat them. Now, here's the other funny thing. Even if Stony Point wins this game, mm-hmm. now you get into tiebreaker scenarios. I don't know. I I kind of think Vista Ridge might, might depending on what happens in this game, Vista Ridge, because Vista Ridge maxed out against mm-hmm. Cedar Ridge. Yes. They beat them by 20. Yes. And Stony Point lost to Cedar Ridge by 24. Yes. So Vista Ridge may still get in even, even in a close yes. loss. Even with a close loss. I need, I need to confirm the district tiebreaker rules, but. You know who you know. now? <clears throat> Who's that? Craig Weiss probably got it tattooed on his arm or something. He might. He might. Um, this is the game. Okay, because if Vista Ridge if Vista Ridge wins this game, they, I guess there is something that could happen that like there could be a total collapse of like, I don't know, Vandergrift could lose to yeah someone, a lot of weird weird stuff. stuff would have to happen, but yeah. it, they would have to get themselves into a three way tiebreak and then lose that tiebreak to get to. But they're gonna functionally punch their ticket, and if they get in, Vandergrift goes to the D one bracket. Yes, where they would probably play Lake Travis in the first round of the playoffs. That's fun. Okay, so what I'm saying is, Vandergrift in this game is going to find out: Are we arguably the favorite to play in a state semifinal, and arguably the favorite to make a state championship mm-hmm. game in D two, mm-hmm. or do we play Lake Travis in the first round of the playoffs? Yeah. That's the crazy part about six A is is the play, it's it, you, you Vandergrift and Vandergrift has literally no control. They over can't this. do anything. Yeah, this is now the computer has a three point game appropriately. By the way, we haven't mentioned anything about these teams. Like, uh, so so Stony Point or uh, Stony Point's weird. They, they got the TCU committed running back. They got the stud receiver who moved in from Del Valley. Yeah, Cameron like, Cook. Uh, but they've start and they started hot, but lately they have just like the. Bottom is falling out of the defense. Yeah, the ball. So they they've got to find a way to slow down Vista Ridge, who's been uh, pretty strong. You know, like they've done what they needed to. I mean, their quarterback Jackson Harrell's been good enough, and they've they've made plays. Their defense has been pretty stout. So a fascinating, fascinating affair going on at Dragon Stadium that has like all fascinating for all the reasons that have nothing to do with these two teams. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. This but. is a massive game yes. uh, in 6A. So it's the kind know. of game we love here at Tepin that's, that's my hipster game of the week. All right, Matthew. It's now time to, for you to tell us where you're going, but first you have to tell us about the greatness of Country Meats. Special shout out to our sponsor and friends over at Country Meats. They handcraft delicious, healthier snacks that help groups and teams easily raise money. With a dozen delicious flavors to choose from reach your fundraising goals fast and order yours at countrymeats.com use discount code step 10 to get 10 percent off your first order country meats they've got meat they've got meat countrymeats.com use promo code step up at 10 thank you right meats where are you going Thursday night. You're you're back in country I am and I will be back at games starting on Thursday night in Burleson as the mighty, mighty Everman Bulldogs visit <laughs> the Burleson Elks in a Thursday night tilt. They're going to go hang out with Coach Ozzy and Love watch it. my alma mater, uh, try to cheer from the press box. Um, it'll be great. We'll see if anybody knows who the hell I am uh, at Everman anymore. By the way, while we're having Alumni Corner, yeah, 
Capel. How about this Capel Cowboys? Did you, send, did, you, did you send the tweet Friday night? Of course I sent the all tweet right, on Friday right, night. All right. Brother, man, that went up. Dude, they're five and one. That's a good win over five man Marcus. That's a good win. They're like they're they would really have to stink up the joint to miss the playoffs at this point. Agree. And I think there's a chance they go division two. I and, think there and, is two. And I think there's a chance they host in the first round of the playoffs. Capel home game. Buddy Eccles Field. Let's go. Let's go. See you um, on Texan Live. Thursday night, yes. I'll be in Burles on Thursday night uh, watching, my, watching my Bulldogs. Love uh, it. Friday, I'm headed down to Austin. Um, so it's a weird... This is, this is the power nexus, of, by the way, of, of the, the state. Austin, I know we've mentioned it before. Great week in Austin. No yeah. excuse, people. Get out to a game. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to <laughs> those games. Uh, at 5.30 Friday at Nelson Field. There's a five, I'm just going to swing over for a little while. It's going to be ugly, but I'm going to watch LBJ and Austin Navarro for a little while. Did you see what happened last week? Yeah, LBJ scored like 89 points on Lhasa. They were up yeah. 82 nothing and a half. Yeah, yeah, running clock. Uh, it's a 5.30 game. I'm going to be in town. I'm just going to swing by, say hi to Coach Finner, watch maybe a quarter of that game. Then um, going over to House Park. This is a bucket list high school stadium for me. I've never done a game at House Park. kind of can't believe that. Yeah. I mean, I don't get to, as Danny Davis says, I hate Austin. Of but course. I'm going to be in Austin uh, to watch – uh, Austin Anderson, who's a lot better than we think, uh, play Lake Travis. Lake Travis is a big favorite. This is a stadium game for me. This is this is a game that I'm going because I want to see the stadium. Mm-hmm. Never been to, been to House Park. Gonna gonna get some nice cool pictures from there and just hang out and enjoy all that is Austin's most to me Austin's most iconic high school venue. Hundred percent agree. Uh, it's gonna spend the night in Austin Friday night and then uh, Saturday morning. Gonna head down to San Antonio for a doubleheader at Coma Lander Stadium. 2 o'clock as uh, San Antonio Madison takes on San Antonio Marshall. Uh, basically a playoff. Matt, both yeah. teams still kind of have outside shots at the playoffs. Losers out. Winner still has a fighting chance. They're not – neither one of them are probably projected to make the playoffs, but it's a 2 o'clock game. There's nothing else going on in San Antonio, so I might as well be there. Love it. Uh, then the big game, Saturday night, 7 o'clock at Coma Lander Stadium. It's the Stone Oak Super Bowl. As the San Antonio Reagan Rattlers take on the San Antonio Johnson Jaguars, this game has playoff implications. This game's spicy. Uh, Reagan still is in the mix for a district championship. Johnson lost to Brandeis. They're gonna need to. They're gonna need some help. But both these teams are still in the mix for district championships. This was a. This was a game that Ish Pickle and LP went to last year, hmm. and it was an absolute banger. Johnson won. I think on a lot in the overtime. Uh, it's a big rivalry. You know, San Antonio's got all these great rivalries, right? You got the the Frontier Bowl, the Gucci Bowl, um, all the great, all the big rivalries down there in San Antonio. This is another one of those Stone Oak Super Bowl. Uh, he's, basically, when Johnson opened up, they pulled a lot from Reagan. They're kind of on the same part mm-hmm. of n- far north San Antonio there, so should be a fun one. Big game. Uh, excited about it. Comalander. A bit Comalander. Yeah, uh, there's a, a ba- I, I would, Heroes is my favorite venue in Northeast ISD, but I think there's a band competition going on at Heroes, so they're that's why that's why there's a doubleheader at Comalander because there's a band comp- contest at Heroes. So, uh, be in San Antonio. There'll probably be a Taco P run. I I may go to Delia's Sunday and bring some tamales back. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see if you guys are nice to me. I brought I brought rum from Jamaica, so maybe I'll bring tamales next week and just be everyone's friend again. I know, really. Yeah, but we. You, you know, I was gonna say you can go to. You can go to Jamaica whenever you want if yeah. you're bringing a rum There back. you go. And then uh, I'll tease ahead. Next week, the DCTF crew is on the road. <gasps> but what could that mean? I guess we'll have to find out next week on Tep and Step. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell, Sex Football subscriber. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week on Tep and Step. Mm-hmm.